Not all who wander are lost. Welcome to another episode of Work Life Unbalanced, hosted by Jason Lichney, a branding and marketing expert, graphic artist, and entrepreneur, and Regino Romeo, Chief Human Resources Officer, HR Expert Witness, and Forbes author. Whether your workplace is your true north or things are going south when it comes to work, it's always something. This show is brought to you by CBS HR Consulting and sponsored by LinkedIn Talent Solutions and Oracle Public Sector. I'm Josh Goldman with music from Matt Michaelis. And now, here are your hosts, Jason and Regina. So today we are privileged to have Garrett Raffles, uh, Global Onboarding for LinkedIn Learning Solutions with us today. How are you doing, Garrett? Doing fantastic. Good Thanks morning. Yeah. How's the traffic? How is the traffic today? Getting to the office. <laughs> so busy. So it took forever to get here. So. Well, you made I, it on time, so we appreciate yeah, that. Thank you. I see you work in the Empire State Building, so I'm sure that was a tough commute, uh, especially in times of COVID. And um, we're probably coming, you're probably coming live to us from your living room or bedroom or somewhere in your house. And so we appreciate you uh, taking the time. Um, we, we spoke couple weeks ago and and you had mentioned a story of how you got to be where you are uh with LinkedIn and it was quite possibly the most interesting career trajectory I've ever heard (laughs) (laughs) and I was wondering if you could help uh bring to light how that worked out and what sort of the thought process was in your career path sure so for reference for those who you know obviously weren't in that pre-call um so i had gone through a couple of odd jobs before landing uh, as the global onboarding lead for linkedin learning solutions of business uh for uh, here at linkedin and um you know i think just taking a step back you know i i wanted to t- test a lot of different uh, uh jobs right um i didn't really have a clear idea of exactly where i wanted to go what kind of position i wanted to have in my career but um i i did know what that meant to me which was finding something that i felt really passionate about something that kind of gave me purpose and something that i felt i specifically could be good at so i tested a couple of things from you know waiting tables to being a substitute teacher to um you know, uh, uh, being a sales rep in retail and enterprise rent a car, and then um, sort of bouncing my way around, I was able to network a bit uh, and put myself out there and, and get in touch with the right people to kind of believe in me and to take risks on me. And, um, you know, that, I was very fortunate to, to land at LinkedIn after going through a couple of jobs. Because I think it's there, you know, when we think about career, it's like, oh, I have a degree in this, and so I have to be in this field, and I have to do this for the rest of my life, and not really think about the transferable skills. Because you mentioned retail, and I started in retail, um, you know, when I was going to junior college, and working with people, um, especially when they are coming in for your favorite time of year, which is a Christmas sale, Mm -hmm. um, it really teaches you patience. Uh, good customer service, um, being responsive, and a lot of other things that are necessary, regardless of what field that you go into. Right. I mean, you know, for me, when I was when I went to college, I, I double majored in journalism and English, both of which I don't really <laughs> pursue directly necessarily. Right. So, uh, but I, you I probably write things every day, right, and read, read things a- every day. <laughs> 
100%, right? So all the sort of communication skills I was able to uh, grab a hold of, uh, you know, while sort of pursuing those majors as well as, uh, you know, uh, uh, writing, uh, analysis, all that has helped me a ton in, 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 in me building some fantastic relationships with folks and, uh, you know, sort of moving up my career. So um, kind of leveraging those skills, I think too, it was a pretty good, a, testament to exactly how powerful soft skills can be if mm -hmm. if 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 utilized and leveraged the correct way and so while well, i kind of bounced around a little bit you know directly after college i went straight to uh juggling a couple odd jobs but uh, I, I had three at the time it was waiting tables it was retail and it was uh teaching and um after doing that for quite some time i felt you know that uh, i could i could try something new. Um, I wanted to, especially as I was teaching, I had this sort of um, revelation and I had this uh, epiphany, you know, that, you know, who am I to teach these kids if I haven't gone through uh, life, uh, you know, about five, maybe less than that percent of the kids I was teaching were going to be teachers. And so for me to go directly to teaching, uh, I, you know, I had this sort of uh, thought that, you know, maybe I should kind of experience life a bit more. Maybe I should take a bit more, you know, take a bit more risks uh, before I can, uh, with integrity, uh, sort of uh, be a role model for kids and so decided to jump around a little bit to uh, try new jobs and um, you know I, I had about I think seven eight jobs before I landed at LinkedIn because <laughs> you're at LinkedIn now and so when I think LinkedIn and I think probably when most people think LinkedIn um, it's like oh yeah well I'm not looking for a job or anything and I'm, I'm not trying to network so I'm not going to use LinkedIn but LinkedIn offers a lot of other services so can you tell us a little about your current role there and how you know diverse LinkedIn is and not just a place to post your resume yeah 100 percent so LinkedIn offers a ton of different products and services um at its core we offer uh, uh we have four different dedicated business lines for our talent solutions marketing solutions sales and then our, our learning solutions businesses which is what I'm focused on and my core role is to lead our new hire program and so uh, we call it LLS inboarding LinkedIn learning solutions inboarding and the idea uh, with it is to sort of provide a a very effective new hire program from start to finish within their first two months so across those eight weeks make sure that they're properly informed engage with the company and ideally feel inspired by what we're doing and our mission uh, both with LinkedIn and also our LinkedIn learning solutions product and so um, yeah my role is to just make sure that they feel uh, 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 empowered and they have the resources necessary to sort of find success uh, hit the ground running as soon as they uh, start with us as an employee. Do you, do you set up individual curriculums per employee or is it like the pretty much a standard type thing or how do you approach that with each employee? Because I'm sure your employees have different competencies or doing different jobs. They have, you know, different perspectives uh, coming into LinkedIn. So my program is meant to be applicable for Anyone who uh, uh, we welcome aboard across all of our levels, functions, et cetera, um, globally. And so, no matter who it is, as long as they're uh, within our LinkedIn Learning Solutions business, uh, they're they're um, encouraged to come join my program. And the idea is to provide the fundamentals of our business. Um, it kind of falls into uh, what we what we teach or what I teach falls into four main bu uh, buckets around our sales methodology approach, our product knowledge, uh, market trends, uh, things to look out for, trends and insights in the industry, and lastly, our internal systems and tools. And so uh, putting that all together, while it may not be 
fully relevant for some functions like cross-functionally, maybe legal finance, marketing, et cetera. Uh, the idea is to sort of give you the fundamentals of our business. And so that's what I'm specifically uh, sort of there for. Mm-hmm. It's a nice way to set your organizational brand right, right from the beginning and get people to buy into culture and everything um, with a, with a learning c- culture. Um, you know, the, the, shift to understand it's not just a place to post a resume is is really cool too and i know you guys have a lot of different different learning options for people who are trying to grow and develop uh, within their own careers and as we're looking into you know this new age of work from home or hybrid culture whatever it is uh there's a lot of uncertainty there and and just like your career has gone from kind of bopped around in all these different places to teach you a little bit of something, either about yourself or about how to adapt, what would you recommend um, to, I guess, employees in the workforce right now of how to continually adapt to what's going on and to, and to do it in a way that's productive and help with their mental health? Yeah, it's a great question. So I, I think throughout my career, what I've understood, especially from learning from folks I've admired the most is that there there are essentially two things that will help you in your career to get you to where you want to go. And these two things are things that no one can take away from you. And that's your network and that's your knowledge. It's the relationships you built and all the things you learn along the way. And that's been wildly integral for me to find um, a this position to find and to kind of jump through the hoops in the way I have is is sort of understanding that uh, who you know is just as important, if not more than what you know, because it validates what you know, who you know validates mm-hmm. what you know, mm-hmm. right? And it's the sort of balance between trust and truth, right? Truth is one thing, but to have the trust of someone who's also been, uh, who's an expert or someone who is uh, a thought leader themselves or who's an influencer, to have that trust goes so much longer than just what you know, especially if it exists in a vacuum or if it's siloed. So um, that's that's key, especially right now as we go through the times that we're going through. Mm-hmm. Uh, the best thing to do is to continue building those relationships, to keep talking to people, um, you know, keep putting yourself out there. It's to network, and also continue learning. I think that's what makes LinkedIn so powerful as well. It's if yeah, LinkedIn on its own is just data, it's just information, it's just a feed of folks uh, uh, who are kind of sharing their experiences within the professional context. But you being able to leverage it in a way where you can build your own network, where you can um, shape and mold your professional brand, where you can learn the things you need to learn and get the skills you need in order to pursue what you love uh, to get your dream job or, or, or to find in a, any capacity your uh, economic opportunity um, mm-hmm. it's that's what we should that's what you should use LinkedIn for because a lot of the um, way that you do business like being a global leader and working in the digital space all of the time is what the rest of us are kind of catching up with so we've been in our you know brick buildings and and things like that. And so in terms of how it impacts your culture, how your mission and your vision and your just your work style is, is kind of set by being in that physical space. So what would you say to people who are maybe new to the digital space or new to a virtual space in terms of whether it's team building or engagement or culture and things like that, how they can really either create or maintain that connection with their organization as we move virtually? 
I think for one, you could always put yourself out there. I think that there, because this is such uncharted territory for so many of us, while some of the things that are, you know, pretty obvious, right, are, are, are already out there, you know, making sure that you have this regular cadence with your team or with your manager, uh, uh, maybe on a week-to-week basis so that you're always staying in touch, uh, make sure to join meetings and put your camera on so that you're able to see you and have more of those human interactions. Um, but I think that, uh, you know, beyond that too, it's, it's still so fluid, right? Mm-hmm. It's still so, there's still so many areas we have yet to explore when it comes to this, uh, full fully virtual experience so you know i think understanding that there's still so much to do um you can still be uh, uh, uh you know you can still be creative mm-hmm. in, in finding ways to do that you know you know me personally what i did for my team was i actually host on a weekly basis game day and i and i, I don't know if you guys have heard of jackbox but just to make sure we're kind of rallying the team together what i'll do is every single week i'll host an hour's worth of, of, of just game day and it's just virtual games or first they just to get together mm-hmm. and to get to know each other and mm-hmm. to kind of have that real human interaction right of just kind of being free letting loose and being fully authentically you and so little things like that right no one told me to do that but you just i think right now you can be very creative with how you sort of uh, maintain those relationships and and, and build the connective tissue uh, mm-hmm. especially if you yearn for it because it's 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 very easy to especially if you're not used to being remote um to feel those feelings of like isolation or you know even when you said turn your camera on i was like ooh, you know some, sometimes in the day that's better than others you know but keeping yourself kind of engaged not just as you know a leader but just as a team member because sometimes it's very easy for people to disappear and i think um you know may is mental health awareness month and it's really important that we continue to check on each other because it's not just work that we're dealing with right now you know having a global pandemic is not anything anyone was expecting and really being able to see this as maybe an opportunity, you know, in addition to dealing with the things that you have to deal with day to day, but also an opportunity for your, you know, own personal and career growth. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, I think that there's, the, you know, there's still lots of opportunity for us to you know, continue to learn and, and uh, you know, get a better understanding of how we sort of settle in into this remote life for sure. So you mentioned a concept of dream job and I know there's a lot of people out there that, um, I think that's like a unicorn or a leprechaun that doesn't really exist. <laughs> yeah. And do you, do you think that those dream jobs are out there and, and what do you think it takes to find one? Yeah, it's a really good question, right? Because a dream job is still a job. And so, right. you know, I think that it's all <laughs> yeah. about kind of defining it for when yourself. When I dream, right? it's not about work. <laughs> yeah. What if you want to find the dream part, but not so much the job part, right? <laughs> Um, yeah, it's a, you know, it's a good point. Uh, but I think that there's, you know, the dream job, it, it, it is, and it has to be different for everyone. Right. Um, you know, I mean, for me, the way I understood it was working towards something where you felt as if you were able to zone in, in a way that made you feel as if your talents were in, you know, were, were in full gear, right. In, in which you felt as if you were, you were uh, in this sort of flow and engagement that uh, made you feel fulfilled, right? And I think that, you know, while a dream job could, could look like doing nothing and just getting, you know, uh, uh, rich and just kind of hanging out and chilling, um, you know, uh, you know, for me that, you know, I, 
understanding what that fulfillment is, a lot of the moments uh, where I felt, ha where I have personally felt the most fulfilled has been when I've struggled the most. Like for instance, during this time, you know, um, there's been a lot of struggle on our entire team where mm -hmm. we're sort of looking to convert our programs to virtual, right? And while that has been a massive overhaul, we're trying to shift programs and, and uh, have, there are a lot of moving parts, um, as you can imagine, digitally, this has also, uh, it's been very fulfilling for me to, to kind of see it come all to life, to, to see it in action and to see and test uh, what sort of solutions worked and what, uh, what didn't. But to know that I gave it my all and to think creatively about solving this problem has been massively fulfilling. And so that's, I mean, for me, what I think is a dream job, a feeling as if you're able to solve problems that only you can do uh, mm -hmm. or, or ways that you can do it. Yeah. I think that's, that, that's the definition for me. Because a lot of people, I think, have a lot of fear around failure and don't understand that that's how you learn. You know, it's like riding a bike. It's not like, you know, the first time you did it and you fell and busted your elbow and your knee. It's like, well, I guess I'll never learn that. It's like, you know, you have to get back up and really challenge yourself to learn a new skill because there's, it's very easy to get comfortable where you are and not look for other opportunities. So what would you say to people who are thinking, you know, well, you know, I already have a job. It's not fulfilling, you know, I'm not really getting out of it what I want to, but they're maybe too afraid or too hesitant to, you know, just jump into something else or at least look for other opportunities. It's a good question because it's, it's all about what that person wants, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I think that, you know, for me, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew that I wanted to continue moving in my career. Mm -hmm. And I think that embracing the fact that you can always be learning, you can always be growing and everything you learn can help prepare you to solve the next problem. Mm -hmm. Right. I kind of look at it as like a game. Right. I mean, I, I knew that the more I was able to push myself to learn new things, the more I can apply that new knowledge towards a new, new and interesting problems. Um, there's a, a sort of, it's sort of standard in psychology that there's two types of intelligence, right? right? There's, there's a crystallized intelligence and then there's a fluid intelligence. And you could kind of map that back to the fixed and growth mindset, right? Mm -hmm. The idea that, you know, we, we're, we're always growing uh, or, or learning when it comes to uh, hard information, right? Skills, experience, that's the cerebral, uh, cere cerebral, right? That's the mm -hmm. cognitive. Mm -hmm. um, that's like listening to podcasts or reading or, right. or collecting just generally more facts. Mm -hmm. But the fluid intelligence is that's only learned from being creative, from looking at problems differently, from identifying patterns to solving unique problems, using logic, right? Um, I think that that could always be shaped and molded. Um, and that for me has helped me a ton in kind of, you know, using the different experiences I had in my career to go in uh, other new and interesting directions, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, professionally. Right. Because it's, it's really, when you think about the growth of it. And I, th I think people think, well, you know, I've been doing this for 12 years, so I'm continuing to grow, but you can really have one year of experience 12 times and you've been doing the same thing, you know, over and over. And it's just kind of like, I have 12 okay. years of experience doing the same thing every day. You know, so so it, it can be very, you know, routine, you know, you don't see anything on the others that's on the other side of your desk or, you know, even understanding where you are within the organization and how what you do plays into the overall success of the organization that you work for. So I think that having that, you know, what, what, having that mindset of growth is very important. So what way, in what ways do you encourage either your team or yourself to continue to learn and to grow um, within your organization 
just, you know, on a personal skills level? I mean, you know, I, I think making sure that you're finding things that really, uh, and, you know, uh, really pique your interest and, in, and, in, Moving forward on that hunch, right? I think a lot of folks, um, you know, I think I said it in our pre-call about leaning into the discomfort, and mm -hmm. it is uncomfortable to learn new things and pursue it, right? It takes right. a lot of time, it takes a lot of energy. Um, it's it's it requires exploring uncharted territories, right? It's it's generally uncomfortable. Um, but I think too, number one, understanding what really makes you feel, you know, what gets you wired up or gets you fired up. Um, just naturally, right? right. Uh, and number two, finding a community of people to uh, to explore that hobby with or that interest with, mm -hmm. uh, I think is also really key to that. So creating an environment for yourself where you're able to sort of bounce ideas back and forth, talk about it, chat about it, build relationships, uh, sort of revolve around that topic, subject matter, what have you. Mm -hmm. um, I think that really helps to sort of create the engagement necessary to sort of really pursue that fully and to uh, uh, really explore it for its worth. Yeah, I always find it funny when people talk about like, if you ask them, okay, what, what should you be doing in life? And they say, well, you should follow your passion. And then they're like, well, I haven't found my passion. So I guess I can't, I can't do anything here. at work. Um, I'm going to, you know, I'm just gonna I'm gonna sit around and I'm gonna try to figure out what my passion is first. Right. And then the next thing you know, wow, I'm retiring, you know. So right. next just, you next know, thing you know, you're like, by. damn, I don't have a job and I'm fifty five years old and I've been looking I've been looking for my passion. I just it, sit it at home looking for my passion. By. Yeah. Because it's 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 I think there's and I think that that's a part of, you know, it's like a trap, you know, where it's just like, no, you should be, you know, that all your passion projects have to be your have to be monetized, have to be the way that you make money and the way that you make a living without thinking, you know, I mean, I'm like you, I've had some Mick jobs, you know, over the years <laughs> that were not, you know, that fantastic, but I took something away from all of them where it was just like, okay, I'm here learning this. I may not stay here forever, but while I'm here, I'm going to give it 110%. I'm going to be, you know, a go-to person. I'm going to get in the mix. I'm going to ask questions. And I continue to do that now. So I think as you grow, just kind of the essence of who you are stays the same. But your skills and your knowledge and your ability to, you know, put yourself in different situations is, is what's important. And I think that growth mindset helps you find that passion. Like right. you don't, it just doesn't come out of nowhere. You wake up one day and you're like, oh, I think I'm going to be really passionate about doing a podcast or marketing or baking or, you know, helping people with onboarding and LinkedIn learning, right? I mean, it, it doesn't happen like that. It's not that linear, but I think you piece together those, those particular aspects of your passion as you go through life and, and try different things. And, mm -hmm. you know, maybe some people are finding their passions right now, right? As they're, and as they're going through uh, COVID-19 and, and understanding how to work remotely and growing and developing and, pivoting with their organizations and or maybe they're finding what they absolutely hate which is fine too <laughs> right, but, <laughs> that's a part of it also I think, you know, i'm not coming back you know <laughs> i'm not gonna go down that road i'm gonna stick in this one <laughs> but at least you know that right i mean um unless you try and have that varied career it's it's impossible to know what your passion is so maybe that has something to do with why you love your job now and uh and and aren't doing the same day of experience for 12 years <laughs> for over and over <laughs>
Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, you know, I think that there's, um, I think I mentioned it in our last call where I found that the people that I thought were the most admirable or most exceptional people were people who weren't necessarily, you know, they didn't necessarily think of themselves as exceptional. They were just mm -hmm. really obsessed with whatever they did. Uh -huh. Those are the most, those are the people I love talking to. Those are the people I love, you know, have to have coaching or mentorship sessions with. I mean, these people don't care about title, jobs, money, or anything that's totally extrinsic. They intrinsically care about whatever they're doing. And they talk about it in ways where, you know, I, where I'm constantly saying, oh, I hadn't thought of it that way. And I think that that's, that's at the heart of passion, right? What would you do for it completely free <laughs> right. just because you love it, right? right. It's to just general, be obsessed. Good, then I don't feel so bad because I'm very, I, I mean, you know, my name is Regina Romeo CD. So I kind of obsess <laughs> about like my projects and things at work and oh my gosh, you know. And when I get started, I mean, employment law is not, Come on. It's not exciting, uh, you know. But. You know, I get up every morning thinking like. <laughs> but when you get what? in the room with me about I got, it. <laughs> I got this question on FMLA and I just can't wait so to discuss it. So those things that keep you up at night, you know. But I think that's what really, you know, being fulfilled is. Because I've always loved helping people. I've always loved, you know, I'm a very inquisitive person myself. So I ask a lot of questions. But I always enjoy engaging with people who want to ask me questions about, you know, things that I have experienced. And then it kind of helps with their own enlightenment. You know, they're like, oh, okay, yeah, you know, that makes sense. Or I didn't think about that. Or I didn't know that or whatever. And I feel like that's, you know, as the CHRO, that's my role in the organization, obviously, is to answer questions. But to get to that point where you're able to do it from a place where you're understanding what contribution you're making to that person, to your team, to your organization, that takes time, you know? So I, I've been in HR for a long time, you know, for several years, um, decades, but at the same time, I didn't start there. You know, you really have to go take yourself on that journey to get where you feel like you're okay. This is where I'm supposed to be. Sure. Well, we wanted to thank you very much, Garrett, for joining us today. It was, a uh incredibly enlightening you have a few of those i have to re-listen to the podcast here for a few of those quotes that you dropped on us that i feel <laughs> like i need to write down and like print out and put on the wall or something exactly. to help me as a, a daily motivator so we really do appreciate your insights um and just your your energy and passions that you bring uh to linkedin and, and to learning and uh hopefully inspire a lot of people with it thank you for joining us today Absolutely. Guys, thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. And that's a wrap on another episode of Work Life Non Balance. To learn more about our show and our host or sponsors, visit WLUBradio.com. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. All shows are produced by Jason Lichney and Regina Romeo and are recorded in the CPS HR Consulting Studio in beautiful Sacramento, California. Old music is written and performed by Matt Michaelis. Check out all his music at mattmichaelismusic.com on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download music. Until next time, I'm Josh Goldman. Thanks for tuning in.